What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and one-and-done preview for this week's Century Tournament of Champions. In this video, I'm going to go through the simulated outcomes of the Century Tournament of Champions. We'll compare those to the actual odds for the event and see if there's any value there. That's a a new tool that I'm going to be showing you. Then we'll look through some head-to-head betting matchups. Again, new improved tool over there to see if there's any value in specific matchups. I'll give an update to the run good one and done, and then uh, we'll talk through some one and done options for this week. Um, reminder, Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time here on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel, a live stream for the Century Tournament of Champions to go through all the final tea time, weather, ownership, all that stuff that comes kind of later in the week. Join me for that. We can talk through bets. We can talk through DFS. We can talk through anything if you'd like. And then 8.15 p.m. Wednesday evening, the first ever jock market happy hour where uh, Joe Idoni and I are going to be discussing the live jock market market which is stock market DFS. It's absolutely a ton of fun. A lot of money to be made over there. We'll break it all down Wednesday evening. And then finally, if you have not signed up for an account on William Hill yet, go to rickrungood.com slash Hill for all of the up-to-date offers. I've got a couple states in there always uh, expanding on new states and they're giving away hundreds of dollars in free bets. So check out rickrungood.com slash Hill. See if one of those offers applies to you and go make that money. Uh, all right, let's do it. Century Tournament of Champions, betting and one and done. Let's go. What I'm showing you right now is the new and improved tournament predictor tool on rickrungood.com. And I should probably change the name to Tournament Simulator because that's really what it's doing. But Tournament Predictor, that's fine. That's the old name. That'll work. Um, If you've seen this in the past, you know that my main goal is to just determine the real outcomes, the potential real outcomes for an event if you simulate it a bunch of times and compare those to the Vegas odds and see if there's value. That's that's the absolute baseline of it. Um, this year, there's a lot of improvements into this. So no longer am I only using shot link measured events. That was something we were doing last year because that was the data that comes from the PGA Tour year. They only measure with, with the laser certain events. Not anymore. I, I got rid of that. I'm using every single event for sh- for strokes gain data. So there are going to be no gaps. And additionally, I expanded the database back to 2005. Obviously, I'm not heavily weighing things that are going back to 2005, but being able to see golfers' long-term results and then also weigh short-term results is critically important in something like this. So what I have in front of you are the simulated outcomes along with the top five simulated winners and the top five best values for the tournament of champions. And I've simulated this event 250 times, which is a lot, but in the scheme of things, it's not a lot. Um, my goal is to continue to change. Uh, you know, I, I didn't want to, I wanted to make sure this didn't break the first time that I did it. Um, so I, my goal is to get it up to a thousand then maybe get it up to 10,000. Maybe we'll go to 100,000. I don't know. It's a lot of data. We'll see. But for this week, 250 simulations. I have Dustin Johnson winning this tournament most often. 13.6% of the time. John Rahm, 10.4%. And Justin Thomas, 10% of the time. So when we compare that win percentage to the implied odds, right? So you take Dustin Johnson at 8-1. to That says... He's going to have to win this tournament about 
13.3% of the time to break even. I have him winning it 13.6. That is a fair bet, right? First of all, I love it when my numbers and the odds makers numbers uh, get so close. That's usually some validation that what you're doing is correct. And, but, but to me, this is not a bettable number. Um, you know, I don't like to bet fair prices. I don't like to bet numbers that I think are accurate. I'm looking for value. So for Dustin Johnson, unfortunately, uh, that is a no bet from me in terms of, of an outright. Now you start to look at, and, and the same, the same principles that I put in place for the win numbers, you know, take the win percentage, compare it to the odds and see if there's value. I do the same thing for top five, top 10, and top 20 numbers. And what you'll notice, uh, especially for the heavy favorites, the odds get, uh, the, the value gets significantly worse in terms of top five, top 10, and top 20 numbers. So for example, the, the odds makers odds for Dustin Johnson to finish inside the top five of this 42-man field is 2.25 to one. That implies he's going to finish in the top five 44% of the time. I only have him finishing in the top five about 26% of the time, which don't get me wrong, is a lot. Him finishing in the top five, it happens often, very, very often, but not enough to bet at 2.25 to one. Same thing for top 10, same thing for top 20. So keep that in mind as you are rolling through this tool. So my top five simulated winners, as I mentioned, DJ, John Rom, JT at the top. Then I get Hideki at 8%. Bryson at 6.8 and Patrick Cantlay at 6.8% of the time. So now we start looking at what the best value is comparing that win percentage uh, to the Vegas implied odds. And we can sort by this, but I also have a handy dandy chart up here in the top right hand corner. And Adam Scott becomes the most valuable bet for this week because he's 55 to one, which would imply he's going to win this tournament 1.8% of the time. I have him winning it closer to 5.6% of the time. And now you could argue that, you know, um, Adam Scott's recent data can be a bit skewed because if you look at like his last six weeks, it wasn't all that good. And he only played six weeks after the restart. But if you look at his last like 10 starts, well, he has a win in there, right? He won the Genesis. So it's, it's really strange where he played so few times over the course of many months that I think the data could be skewed a little bit in his favor. So keep that in mind. Hideki Matsuyama is the second best value. I have him winning this about 8% of the time. The odds makers have him winning it about 4.8% of the time. So that's 3.2%. Hideki and Adam Scott are the only two golfers in this field that have a positive expected value of in excess of 3%. Now, Hideki's much more interesting. You know, Hideki at 20 to 1, uh, entering 2021 to a place at Kapalua that he has absolutely dominated over the years. Uh, that to me is a great value. And, and my, my gut says that. My numbers say that. I think Hideki's a really good bet at 20 to 1. Then you get a couple more positive values in Cantlay, Scheffler, Palmer, Munoz. And you have to remember, like, Ryan Palmer's a really good example of this. You know, I, I, I Ryan Palmer is one of the best values, but I still only have him winning this 2.4% of the time, you know, 2.5%. So if you're looking for someone who is both on the top five simulated winners and the top five values, those guys, you know, Hideki's that guy, right? Hideki and Cantlay are those guys that give you the biggest, the best value and the biggest chance of winning. Now, Throw all the numbers aside. If you want to just forget about the numbers and look purely on um, what the 
the uh, what my gut says. Um, I thought, and and I didn't know what to expect, but I thought Bryson at twelve to one was pretty shocking to see him. You know, four points longer than Dustin Johnson. Um, or I guess five points, right? No, he's twelve to one. Oh, DJ seven one. Excuse me. At this point, um, you know, JT uh, shorter, Rom shorter. Bryson can can bomb without regard. So Bryson was actually one of the first clicks that I made at this event. Um, Reed was another, and then Hideki was a third. And and I really piled up on top of the betting board here, which means I didn't get too many guys down towards the bottom of this player pool because if, if you if you followed along with uh, some of the content I put out in the offseason, the way that I build my, my golf betting card, it's a video, it's on my YouTube channel, you should go check it out right now. Um, I'm kind of limited if I, if I bet these three guys at the top, I'm kind of limited to what I can do after that. So I've allocated a lot of my resources to the studs at the top of this board. If I wanted to go down a bit further and actually talk in terms of outrights, I mean... I think Scotty Scheffler is interesting. Um, I my projections, my simulation had him winning this four percent of the time. Odds makers have him winning it two point eight percent of the time. There is a bit of value there. There's actually more value in Scotty Scheffler to finish in the top five and the top ten than there is in his outright number. Um, so I might I might just maybe fire up some Scotty Scheffler top five bets. But I, I think it's difficult to find a realistic winner from this deep it's such a a top heavy field you're guaranteed four rounds i think the winner comes from you know probably the top six to eight golfers uh on this on this betting board and i've allocated my funds accordingly so this is um i think this is one of my favorite the the two this tool and the tool that i'm about to show you are, are probably my favorite updates for 2021 because they accomplish the goal of getting more robust via data, but getting more user-friendly on the front, which is like the perfect combination, and I love it. So let's go to the head-to-head betting matchups. Um, this tool, again, is going to look similar, but it is powered by a lot more data. Uh, and if you are new, welcome in 2021. This tool uses strokes gain data uh, over any period of time that you would like to compare two golfers against one another in a four-round head-to-head matchup. This is work that is done by that has been done previously by both Data Golf and by Joe Pita. I have used um, their information and their and their guidelines to kind of continue to build off and and back test mine and things like that. So this is my take on all of that. And it comes up with a win probability and a projected money line for all of these matchups. And now the data goes back all the way to 2005. And we are no longer limited by just events that ShotLink is tracking. So this is another phenomenal tool. I absolutely love it. I'm going to set my default to be um, since the start of 2020. So we're going to do the 2020 calendar year for my default here. And we're going to run through some uh, matchups here on Will Hill, which now that I'm in Nevada, I got to tell you, the legalized mobile gambling is just chef's kiss. I, I mean, it is it's sitting on the couch, putting bets in legally is top-notch stuff. So uh, let's look at a couple of these, find a couple that are interesting. Um, Justin Thomas and Hideki Matsuyama. Justin Thomas minus 163, Hideki Matsuyama plus 130. I think I think just based on what I know of the season that JT had, yeah. So I have, wow, look at this. Again, I love a little validation here. Um, I have JT winning this 61.8% of the time, which would be a money line of minus 162. He's minus 163. A little bit of validation that the model is correct and accurate, or at least in terms of what 
odds makers are thinking. Let's try this one because DJ had a historic strokes gained season in 2020. He was by far the best strokes game player on average. So let's do Dustin Johnson versus Bryson DeChambeau, who did not have himself too shabby of a season either. Okay. I have DJ winning this 57% of the time with a projected money line of minus 134. Will Hill has him at minus 150. So certainly not going to bet that side of it. And then Bryson, I have, he should be plus 134 and he's plus 120. Certainly not going to bet that side of it. So um, obviously there's there's the, the, the VIG is built into the William Hill lines. It's not built into mine. Uh, so keep that in mind. What if we shorten this? Well, if we shorten this up, DJ gets even better, doesn't he? I was trying to think if I did this just since the restart, would these numbers change? Yeah, they do, and they change in Dustin Johnson's direction. I mean, DJ was so dominant after the restart. What if we did even further back? What if we, I mean, DJ's been so good for so long, but what if we did since 2019? Can I even can I find two years worth to get? No, I can't. I mean, DJ wins this pretty significantly uh, almost every time here. Okay, so we'll continue on. Let's see if we can find a bet. This one's, this one, ha- well, I don't know. Let's see. Cam Smith who had a great finish to the year versus Mark Leishman, who was brutal after his victory, like really, really brutal. And let's change my year back to 2020. Give these guys a fair shake. Okay, this is more like it. Um, I have Cam Smith winning this matchup 67% of the time. And you can see, I mean, they went in opposite directions in August. Um, and, and, and Leishman, you know, he won early in the year. That's what you're seeing up here. You're seeing this, the, these gains up here, and then you're seeing Cam Smith really turn it on towards the end. They're hot, headed in opposite directions. I have Cam Smith winning this 67% of the time, a minus 207 money line. He's only minus 150 on Will Hill. I will probably bet that. That seems like a bettable number to me. And if you go more recent, if you go since like the restart, it's going to get even uglier for Leishman, I imagine. Yeah. I mean, very small sample size. I have Cameron Smith winning this 89% of the time. There's probably no two sets of golfers that are really 89% to win over four rounds because golf is so volatile, but we are in a small sample size right now. And it is just indicative of the complete opposite directions that these two guys are in that Leishman only wins at 10% of the time. Let me see if I can find one more. Because, uh, let me leave you with, this one's interesting. Morikawa minus 133, Abraham answer plus 105. I think Morikawa is being pretty disrespected in fantasy circles for this week. I haven't seen as much disrespect in the, the betting markets. So let's do Morikawa versus answer for the entire 2020 year. Pretty close, really close, actually. I have Morikawa winning at 51% of the time, putting him at minus 106. He is minus 133. So you could actually, in theory, the side to bet if you wanted to on this would be answer. It would be really close. There's not a ton of built-in value, but answer would be the side. But I think I'm going to bet that Smith over Leishman won. I'll have to remember to put that in. Um, okay, let's talk one and done. And I'll give you first an update on the run good one and done, which is the the uh, the one and done that I'm running that started at the start of the season. So you're not going to be able to join that now. If you're interested in joining one and dones, the, the two that I'm going to be in this year, there is one from, I think it's Fantasy Golf Championships, I think is the name. It's the one with Pat Mayo and Fantasy National. They've partnered with... Um, 
Sports Hub, I think is the site that's hosting it. And I will also be in Carbon Contests, which is uh, JB, uh, Josh Burkett is is phenomenal at running these contests. Uh, I'll be in his contest as well. But I'm pretty sure neither of those start until a Sony. So you might not have a pick this week unless you're in an already existing one. But we'll talk real quick about one and done. All right, so we are now actually through segment one of the run good one and done. The run and done. Someone told me I should have named it. I should have. Um, Brandon K9 with one with a $1.1 million lead takes down segment one. If you need a refresher on the segments, everything is at rickrungood.com slash OAD. Segment one is done. Segment two starts at the Tournament of Champions. Segment three at the Match Play. Segment four at the RBC Canadian. And then segment five is just a combination of the majors and the big tournaments and stuff like that. So uh, those are your five segments. Uh, all of the updated uh, uh, ownership will be put out when when it is available on Thursday. But uh, Brandon K9 takes down segment one. Swarm 19 behind Rex Grant, a storm of shanks all in contention. Plenty more events to go, obviously. Three more segments uh, of the season, so keep getting those picks in. Okay, one and done for this week. I think it's pretty interesting because um, a couple of notes. You know, unless you're in an already existing one and done, you might not have a pick to make this week. So, and also it's guaranteed money. So as long as you finish, you're getting paid. Um, the, the, the prize up top is, well, let's see what Justin Thomas won. Last year, this is the one and done tool on rickrungood.com. Let's see what JT won at this event last year. Does it count towards the official money? Yeah, 1.34 million. So that's probably what you're looking at. So there are obviously bigger tournaments, but this is probably the smallest field. Like if you did first place prize divided by number of entries. This might be one of the bigger ones because it's only 42 people. WGCs are going to be more, but they're like 74 people. I guess the tour championship, but that's not included in a lot of one and done. So this might be like the biggest dollar per player in the field. So I think you need to take it seriously. Um, I'm going to stick with uh, two guys is what I have this narrowed down to. Uh, Patrick Reed and Hideki Matsuyama. And I can show you their their numbers here. Reed, obviously a winner of this event. And where's his Century Tournament of Champions? He's right here. So in six starts at the Tournament of Champions, he averages $474,000. Um, you would take that this week, obviously. He's won it. In, he won in 2015, finished second twice since then, um, shows up at these big-time events. And I think that Patrick Reed, he doesn't really have a natural fit, right? I mean, you're looking at some of his career earnings here. Obviously, gets a big bump from the Masters. Obviously, gets the big bump from Mexico, places that he's won. There's not a great natural fit for him, uh, which is almost a compliment. So I think I'm going to run out Patrick Reed, Um and I obviously I don't, I don't have ownership numbers on him historically because this event is normally not included in one and dones. Um, outside of that, I think you could be really interestingly contrarian if you played Hideki here uh, because Hideki has unbelievable elite course history and event history. Three starts, no worse than than fourth, but he also has elite, unbelievable history at. Um, at the waste management, which is where most people use him, right? So if we go down and look at ownership, here you go. Hideki gets used uh, in 
he gets deployed most by far at waste management. He gets deployed second most at farmers. Now, again, I don't have data on the tournament of champions. So maybe if this was available for people to pick, they would use him here. I just think it's a really interesting way to use Hideki in a prime natural fit that is not the one that everyone else is going to use him at. I think that's really interesting. So I, those are the two that I have it that I have it laser focused on. Um, couldn't blame you for JT or Xander or any of these no cut stars or anything like that. Uh, but those are the two that I'm super interested in, in terms of season long one and done. All right. I think that'll do it. Century Tournament of Champions betting and one and done preview. I hope you enjoyed all the tools you saw today available at rickrungood.com. Um, you have any questions, comments, concerns, tweet me at Rick Run Good. Leave a comment below. Best of luck. Later.